don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a transformer. This is Optimus Primer Button, leader of the auto part junkies. And I'm calling on all auto parts junkies to listen to Nostalgic Radio and Cars every Tuesday at 7 p.m. here on Tan Talk. This is Optimus Primer Button. If you don't tune in, it will be the end of the world. Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tan Talk Radio Network. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. Hi, this is Jay Leno. Hi, everybody. This is David Hobbs. Hi, this is Bob Varshaw. Hi, I'm Barry McGuire. Hey, this is Danny the Count Coker. Hey, this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver, Adam Carolla. Hi, this is Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. Hi, this is Robert Yates. Hey, this is Lou Santiago. I'm John Forrest. Hey, this is Jack Roush. Hello, Florida. I'm Ken Squire. Hi, this is Etzel Ford. Hi, I'm Corky Coker. Hey, this is Dennis Gage. Hi, this is Sam Amolo. Hi, this is Janet Guthrie. Hi, I'm Bruce Cohn. Hi, I'm Bob Lutz. Hi, this is Dave McClellan. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock. Hi, this is Norm Kravowski. Hey, I'm Dave Despain. Hey, this is Wayne Carini. This is Bill Warner. Hey, I'm Steve Bignotti. This is Kevin Bird. This is Arlen Ness. This is Ed Justice Jr. Hi, I'm Casey Jones. Hi, I'm Paul Kelly. I'm Richard Hutchins. Hi, this is Danny Sullivan. Hi, I'm Bob Bondron. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Strange. This is Daryl Starbird. Hi, this is Ford Hickok. Hi, this is Ed Skidarian here. This is Robin Miller. Hey, Sports fans, this is Peter Brock here. And you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Belladora's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Sir, we're being radar scanned. 
United Planets Cruiser C-57D, J.J. Adams commanding. Who are you? Morbius of the Bellerophon. Well, Dr. Morbius, my orders are to survey the situation on Altair IV. Commander, if you step down on this planet, I warn you that I cannot be answerable for the safety of your ship or your crew. When you reach the Forbidden Planet, you will meet Dr. Morbius, played by Walter Pigeon. The Doctor is sole owner of this fabulous world. Anne Francis is his alluring daughter, Alta, who has never seen a young man till she meets Commander Adams, played by talented Leslie Nielsen. Mom, in. Didn't bring my bathing suit. What's a bathing suit? Oh, murder. You will meet a charming character in The Robot, able to produce, on order, 10 tons of lead or a slinky evening gown. Always at your service. It must be the loveliest, softest thing you've ever made for me. And fit in all the right places, with lots and lots of star sapphires. Star sapphires take a week to crystallize properly. Would diamond or emeralds do? You explore all the wonders of a vanished civilization. You travel deep down into the heart of the forbidden planet to discover the incredible marvels of this lost genius race. These magnificent scenes in striking Eastman color stagger the imagination. 20 miles. Look down, gentlemen, are you afraid? 7,800 levels. Yet the wonders of the planet Altair IV conceal a strange and evil force, unknown, irresistible. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computer to Google Tan Talk 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Be sure and check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars for all our past shows, which is our podcast that you can find on our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Bobby, how are you doing this evening? How are we doing? You dumb cracker. <laughs> I mean, uh, hello there. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we got uh, Alan sitting in with us here tonight. We- there we go. <laughs> That's the Alan, the official Alan cue. <laughs> yeah. 
He's, now, trying to, he's trying to get a word in edgewise. Yeah, with Robert. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just got done working on a Continental Mark II, so I figured I'd do the radio show a little bit and unwind. Unwind. Well, you know, we were just talking about uh, we were talking about the movie. We just played a little uh, clip from uh, the Forbidden movie. Forbidden Planet. From Forbidden Planet, which was actually your idea, Alan, so thanks yeah. for that, because I was struggling to come up with one, because our guest that's coming on later is kind of a sci-fi guy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick it. <laughs> but anyway, and then we started talking about some of the actors, which was Leslie Nielsen, Walter Pigeon, and Connie Francis. Then we started Anne Francis. Anne Francis. That's right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, and uh, yeah. and she played in a kind of a detective series back Honey in West. Honey West. One one season only. Aaron Spelling special. Yeah, yeah. Honey West. She's driving either it's a white or a yellow Cobra. Honey West. Blonde hair. Anne Francis. And she's tailing people. Oh, I didn't see her. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Was that TV show black and white back then? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, th- didn't I, I thought it was two seasons. One. It was because, one season. Because um, the Avengers were, was cheaper, so they dumped them in the time oh, slot for the next season. Okay. You of know, course. I know a lot of nothing. You know a lot of nothing. Well, now, yeah. see, we're talking about checks and cool cars. Emma Peel, okay, she drove yeah. the Lotus Elan. And... I was watching an episode. She gets in a GT40 Mark One right-hand drive car, and Emma Peel. She was what's her real name? What was her? Uh, I can't remember her name of the character. Uh. Yeah. Anyway, she Diana Rick. Diana Rick. She Ridge. gets in this GT40 in this episode, right-hand drive, and it's no longer Diane, Emma Peel. It's Diana Rick going. Whoa, you could just see it in her face. <laughs> <laughs> car didn't move or nothing, but she just got to get in the car. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know what? We can make that a topic one day. We can talk about all the cool TV shows. With the cars. With the cars yeah. and the people in them. And yeah. whether they really grasped the concept at the time, the nature of the cars that they were actually driving. Right. Anybody I, use a Lamborghini Mira in any of the TV shows you can think of besides the tag job? job? No, I don't. No? Can't think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to Google that. You're doing pretty good there, Bobby. Uh, yeah, we have a guest for you coming on a little bit later. He's uh, He's been on the show before, He's so he's kind of an alumni, I guess. And he's into art, car design, builds movie cars. Uh, he does some videos, so he's a pretty cool guy. So we're looking forward to having him on a little bit later. And he's uh, got a pretty cool cast of characters that he's had on his uh, his video blogs. Okay, so uh, we're looking forward to having him on a little bit later. But anyway, so Alan, so uh, how's the Volvo coming? I've been working on the Ranchero. Okay, so you just told me that you got pulled a motor out of the Ranchero now? Yeah. Got to put a new remain seal in. It's a brand new motor, but it sat for a couple decades. Okay. So got it running good and everything, but I pulled the motor, put a remain seal. While I'm at it, put the dual quad intake, the C7ZX9425A, which you know about. Yeah, I know what that is. That's yeah. a 67 Shelby intake manifold that I've been staring at for years and years and years, and I'd love yeah. to have, along with the BJBK carbs. But I don't think you have those. I think no, you have no, some no. others. But I got the uh, the uh, distributor, 427 Oh, yeah, you got the distributor. That's right. It's 12127-F-E-F. Which I looked it up, it's 65-427 only, by the way. Yeah, but it was yeah. a super. But it was one of those that you've went in over the counter and you bought that particular part. It would work in any FE motor. Yeah, but for all course, practical yeah. purposes, yes, so it was it a 65. It's yeah. designated as 65-427 car. Yeah. Yeah, 427 motor, which you got. So check your Cobra. If it's got a vacuum advance, it's wrong. (laughs) Yeah, see now. You two are just dumber than a bag of hammers. Hey, it's more like a bag of nails. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, Honey Weston, in in her her TV series, she drove a 289 Cobra. Right. Rack and pinion car. Rack and pinion car. Well, let's just see. 2500? Yeah, that would have been a rack and pinion car. Right. Because they actually have the serial number here on the website, CSX 2540. So I'm sure somebody owns that car. Oh, yeah, it's out there. It's out there. Okay. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, so let's see what we got going on this weekend. All right, so this weekend, as far as car shows and stuff like that, Bobby. <laughs> car shows, uh, usual local car shows around here. You know, it's Florida, it's hot, it's humid, it's nasty. So you got uh, Quaker Steak and Lube on Thursday, Biff Burger on Friday. And if you can make it to Michigan at St. John's up in Novi, Michigan, is the annual formerly known Meadowbrook Concourse, and now it's called the St. John's Concourse. But uh, And that's a pretty cool event because they got some amazing cars up there. They probably have 200-plus cars, plus there's an auction going on up there as well. And then, of course, you know, you're up there in Detroit. It's a month before Woodward, the Woodward Dream Cruise, so there's all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, and neat Fords always show up, too, at the St. John's. And neat Fords show up there. Well, yeah, naturally because it's Detroit. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. It's amazing. It's, it's the fact that it's Detroit... There's a ton of European cars up there. The stories that always amaze me, Alan, and I'm sure you've heard them too, is yeah. how Ford, GM, Chrysler would go overseas, buy the Ferraris, buy the Lamborghinis, Take them buy bite. them, yeah. exactly, and then the who's who got to drive them around. You know, it could have been John DeLorean or it could have been uh, Jack Talnack. The do some shall, yeah, and uh, you know they drive them around and then uh, they park them in the garage and then they discard them later and then who knows where they wound up. So there's probably a whole bunch of cars sitting in big warehouse basements up there in Detroit that are have really cool Italian badges on them. Yeah, well, we saw, we how saw, about that? <laughs> <laughs> we saw the um, Cougar 2 and the uh, Cobra 2 and the Cougar up at the Shelby meet about 8, 10 years ago out there. Yes, and both those cars were at uh, Amelia Island about two years ago. Oh, they were, yeah, because we got pictures of Tweety sitting in them. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, those cars were found by Jeff Berge. One was in a warehouse downtown yeah. uh, Detroit. Nobody knew it was there. Nobody paid any attention to it. You know, it was just a, a show car. Yeah. And what was interesting is the one. Let's see. Is it the Cougar? No, what's the other the one? Cougar's what's the, the Fastback. The Cobra 2 is the convertible. Is that the gold one? Yeah. That's the one that whoever was the top designer for Ford. Bordenay. Gene Bordenay was involved in those. Okay. He was like the Bill Mitchell of, or no, not Bill Mitchell necessarily, but the, uh, who was the guy in the seven, six, in the 50s for, with uh, GM? Earl. Harley, Harley Earl. Earl. Yeah. yeah. And I guess Bill Mitchell came in after him. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this guy was buddy buddies with Bill Mitchell. So Bill Mitchell always had cool Corvettes and stuff like that. So this guy wanted to have a really cool Ford. So he had this Cobra two thing built. I think that's the way. The, I think that's the way the story goes. Yeah, and uh, I yeah. should know that because I wrote an article on it once many many <laughs> year, moons ago. But you forgot. Listen, we were up at the Shelby meet. You were there. Yeah, and they had the cars there in, in Twe- Detroit in, in Ann Arbor. In Detroit. Yeah, so Tweety goes. Get a picture of me in these cars. He goes walking over to the cars, walks through the ropes and then past the ropes and everything, and gets in the cars, and no one bothers him. <laughs> yeah, no one bothers. They go, what gives him the authority to go do that? Yeah. Well, he's Tweety. Yeah, he you was know? number two at the time. At the he Shelby was, yeah, he yeah. was the he's the factory, was the factory team race car painter for Carroll Shelby. Yeah, and fabricator, too. And fabricator, yeah. yeah. He did some pretty amazing stuff. He, so. he told me a lot of stuff, like he did the uh, Just 67 say, show me Shelby. The he did the deck lid, the, the hood. You know, and the nose and the side scoops and stuff. Yeah, he did all the prototypes. Right. Mm -hmm. Pretty interesting stuff. Anyway, um, what else we got going on? Yeah, back to what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Oh, we were talking about Cobras. We were talking about uh, your Ranchero. Mm -hmm. You can explain for the listeners that don't know what a rear main seal is. (laughs) (laughs) It's a thing that leaks and it costs a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. You know, the old car, it's a two-piece deal. You got to drop the oil pan. So it's easier just to pull the engine out and flip it over. Change it and... Oh, wait a minute. I mean, it's been a while since I've done one of those. Don't you have to pull a crank? 
Yeah. No, you don't. Because what you do is you um, just pull the main bearing cap. Oh, you loosen it a little. Cap. No, you take the cap off, and then you can swedge. The swedge. The okay, yeah, because it runs. In. Right. It's so, a half moon. It's half circle. You, right. And you can work it. Okay, yeah. Get it, you don't care if you tear it up, getting it out, but putting the put new it one in, in, you, you got to be careful. put it on the exposed part of the crank and just walk it in. So people know it fits on the inside of the block, then the crank half of, and, and the inside of the block, there with the, with that radius yeah. where the crank rides, okay, the, yeah. the, rear, the rear main journal. Yeah. And then the bottom is in the oil pan, right. and what happens is over time they shrink. Shrink, especially and, when they sit for 20 years. Yeah, then they yeah. have a tendency to leak, and then sometimes they tend to pour oil well, out of the back of your mouth. I worked on that V6 Chevrolet one time. What's that, Bobby? Go ahead and play that one again. <laughs> Nothing there that time. Nothing okay. there that time. Okay. I worked on a V6 Chevrolet. It had a one-piece remain seal on those cars. You know, one-piece remain seal, pull the flywheel off. Pop the seal off, put new one on. No, this one had to pull the engine out, pull the bearing cap off, loosen the crank, lift the crank up because the seal was captive. It wasn't at the end of the block. It was inside the block somewhat. So it was captive. It had to lift the crank up to slide the seal and then put it all back together. Isn't that typically how most one-piece seals no, are? No, no, One-piece seals are at the back of the engine. just right. tied up with a screwdriver or whatever you got. Oh, really? So it's like a trainee? Like a, is it a round doohickey? Yeah, like a, a transmission round, yeah. seal? Like yeah, a front, it's a, front it's a round pump? doohickey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a technical term, but yeah. And you, just, you, you try them off and you clean off. Reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. The flying saucers are real. <laughs> now we're in trouble. See what happens when we play uh, Forbidden Planet. Another couple Listen. of guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so where was I? Yeah, so the seals come right off. You clean the crank off with some carburetor cleaner, any kind of solvent to get all the old oil off. Oil it up, put some oil on it, and slide the new seal in. Okay. Yeah. I haven't done one of those, so I'm just from the old school yeah, two-piece. one of those. Yeah. yeah, I can see it. Okay. Yeah. But regardless, you <laughs> got to pull the motor, pull the tranny out. Yeah. And I just pull the motor out. That way you get it out. It's got old freeze plugs. You swap those out. You That's know, the time do to whatever. do it. You right. know, timing chain, whatever. It's like sitting on the, hanging on the engine stand. Make it easy. Hey, Bobby, what do you got queued up on the radio there? Dave has left the building, but only temporarily. The dogs had to go outside. Who let the dogs out? Ha ha. We'll be back as soon as they're finished. And now, now we got a song. Now we got a song. <laughs> <laughs> Duran Duran? Hey, yeah. View to a kill. That's good. That's uh, 70s, 80s. No, that's 80s. Yeah. Did you have Aston Martin in that one? Uh, well, no, no, I'm trying to think. Actually, what did, what did you have an Aston Martin? Aston Martin V8. The coupe. The brown coupe, right? No, that was in... Um, that you, was. You didn't kill. Where was it? Geogra- Geographic. No, that was in San Francisco. Okay. You're thinking of the one that came out after him with Timothy Dalton. Hang on a okay. second. I'll be right back. Oh, wait a minute. You're still alive? Oh, we're, hey, we're, you're tuning into South Dakota Cars. Okay. Yeah, and you, you listen to the music. There we go. All right, I'll be now right back. Going back. Yeah. <laughs> Here, listen to the music. Don't touch that dial.
Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hi, this is Bob Varsha with Speed. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back. And I'm clowning around in the studio here with uh, Alan. I stepped out for a second. I think you took over the mic, didn't you, Alan? Yeah, I didn't have anything to say, but I took it over. Actually, I, I didn't. I was holding myself hostage and no one cared. <laughs> we were, uh, you know, we were just rambling on there. We forgot that the mic was still on. Yeah. That's Listen. The... <laughs> Good thing I didn't give you my pen. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's that's the the the, the fun thing about um, live radio. You can sit there and just have all kinds of fun. And there's no second takes at this stuff. I mean, this is a one shot deal. So if I screw up, he screws up, you screw up, we screw up. Did I say that? It's like ice cream, you scream, we all scream for ice cream. Is that yeah. kind of like the same thing? Yeah, it works. Yeah, it works fine, Robert. <laughs> fine, no problem. All right, Bobby, what are you working <laughs> on over there? Oh, we're getting our next break ready here. You're getting our next break ready, yeah, because it's just about time to introduce yep, our guests. we're just about, we're getting them here. And, uh, well, last week, if you tuned in, we were kind of screwing around a little bit, too, because uh, we did a little role reversal. I uh, sat in the studio, and Bobby sat over here, and I was trying to push some buttons, and uh, I kind of got through it, but he had to run, jump around every once in a while and come in and show me a few of the things. So the basics, I kind of get, because it's similar to the production room, but there's two computers in there that you have to operate, and you got to switch back and forth, and you got to know... One is uses one program, one uses another program. So one uses, let's say, like Adobe Edition, the other one would lose, use like a wave court. So you can push a button, and it just kind of plays a sound effect. The other one, you actually have to put the program in there, and it actually, you know, it uh, it's it's in a program, and it ha- and it's and it's sequential. I mean, it's like it has to play out, right, Bobby? Yeah, I'm chasing. Uh, I got to get my here's a roach. Uh, uh, line is that up, is that what here. I see crawling on the studio right there? Is that yeah. one of those uh, foreign little multi-legged little critters running around there? He's a roach. Are you going to smack it? Oh, there we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's the sound effects in itself right there. That was the real deal. Yeah, that was not. Uh, that was an authentic sound effect. Yeah, it was. Now look at all the things we've done in the five years on the air here. You've got, you've been, you've ran your own show. Yeah. And we've had all these amazing guests on. So yeah. Look at all that. Yeah. Uh-oh, the phone's ringing. He's a roach. All right. Well, anyway, so, Alan, uh, we were talking about real main seals, front seals. Uh, He's a roach. And we have a guest coming on. I can see Bobby's giggling right now. Arctic seals, yeah. And uh, transmission seals and all kinds of seals. I have, uh, we still haven't figured out what that noise is in my diesel, though. (laughs) That thing, I can't tell whether it's a torque converter. 
uh, torque fly converter, like the stator and the torque converter, something's coming loose. Yeah, well, I don't know, but it's been doing it for quite some time, yeah. so I'm getting to the point. I do know from a fact that, from a fact, I do know for a fact that if the torque converter does take a dump, it will take out the front pump, and you will have a ton of oil pouring out of the front of the transmission. Right. Because that happened to me on the way to Sarasota, yeah, or actually but, Venice one time. But the transmission, the torque converter, does or does not lock up? Does or does not lock up. When you come up. to a stop, is it like you got your, like, again, No, it doesn't even, it doesn't respond like that. So either it's broken or it's not yeah. working, and maybe that could be the, there's the there's a lockup gizmo inside the torque converter, right? Right, yeah. Can that be disconnected? Um well, you can. I mean, it's got it. It engages, and yeah. it engages well, electronically, yeah. right? Um, I sound like Walter Pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a wire that a bunch of wires go to the tranny. You got one tran one wire that controls the uh, lockup torque converter. But I don't think that's really the problem you're having. Well, now yeah, remember the old it, huh? Go ahead. Old GMs. You come to a stop and the car would stall because it'd be like a manual. It would lunge, in yeah, other words, uh, and it'd die. So you go underneath and just unplug the four wire plug, and it's fixed. Yeah, we need to kind of look that up. Bob, you gonna yeah. go ahead and uh, play some music and get our guest on the line for us? And let yeah, let's get let's let's get through this advertisement here, and then we're gonna we're gonna get us, get, we're gonna get a song yeah. here rolling. We're gonna get a Falco song here rolling. A Falco song? Oh, we're gonna play something. Uh, is it this? Is this in a? Is this in a foreign language? Is this in a foreign language? Like <laughs> well, only one person in here is gonna understand it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that would be me. <laughs> that means it's got to be in German. Here we go. Oh, yeah. A little uh, Der Kommissar. Der Kommissar. How about that? Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and uh, we've gone German. Robert has. I have. Yeah. Hey, we'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. we got our great guest coming up in a few minutes. human beings in every way how can it not know what it is commerce is our goal here at Tyrell more human than human is our motto if only you could see what I've seen 
what seems to be the problem. I want more life. It's too bad she won't live. But then again, who does? More human than human is our motto. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Hi, I'm Dennis Cage from My Classic Car, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Thanks, Dennis. Be sure and tune into his show. I think it's on Velocity Channel now, right, Bobby? Uh, my Classic Car, along with a whole bunch of other guys that we know that have been on our show. Anyway, it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This gentleman's been on our show before. He designs cars, builds some movie cars. He's a cartoonist, does videos. He's just an all-around kind of car guy. He even has a line of his own die-cast toy cars. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Fireball Tim. Hey, Fireball, how you doing? Hey, Robert. How's it good, man? How are you? Pretty good. So what do you think? you like that uh, Blade Runner uh, little skit thing we did there for you? I, I absolutely do, and I was just thinking that my life seems to be more human than human at the moment. Oh, really? Okay. It's just just insane stuff, but uh, that was one of my, it, probably my favorite film of all time. That was just a kind of a really interesting, and of course now it's cult movie, you know, back in the day. That was pretty, it was, it was really advanced. You had to think about that one for a while. Yeah, you know, and we're actually in two years. We'll be at, at the time that Blade Runner was, was supposed to be, which is 2017. Oh wow! There so you go. We don't have we don't have the big buildings, but uh, you know some of the technology and stuff they didn't have in the movie we now have. But um, they are doing a, a sequel to that film now. Really? You know, we were going to play a little segment of uh, another movie that came out in the 70s or 80s, and it was uh, and you probably remember this one too. It was called um, They Live with Rowdy Rowdy Pepper. <laughs> and yeah. and now wait a minute. Now, I, I I that movie I thought was kind of cool because me being kind of a conspiratorialist a little bit, you know, I kind of thought, well, you know, there might be some sure. validity to that. You know, I mean, they're getting the ideas from somewhere, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and that I think that movie, although it was cult, it was kind of a B movie. You know, it, it sure spawned a lot of stuff with the with the TV show V and a lot of uh, the alien abduction stuff. Uh huh. Um, you just never know where that stuff's going to come from. But, you know, Blade Runner wasn't really all that successful, and it didn't really get its legs until later. And now it's, you know, by many accounts, many, uh, um, uh, you know, online publishers have, have touted it as the best film of all time. Really? So it's, it's pretty pretty amazing stuff. Now, um, I was listening to one of your videos, and is it... Uh... Cy Mead, is that who it is? Did he do some uh, artwork, or did he? He had something to do with uh, with uh, Blade Runner, didn't he? Yeah, that's uh, Sid Mead. Sid Mead, I'm the, sorry. Um, yeah, he's been a designer. You know, I mean, more more or less an industrial designer for years, and he probably is the single person that that influenced me the most as a designer. Really? And, uh, when I was going, yeah, oh yeah, I was I was going. I came out of high school. I went to uh, community college. And I found one of his books, which was called Sentinel. This is back in the early 80s or something. And, and uh, uh, it was such an amazing array of stuff. I had never seen anything like it. You know, he was considered a, a visual futurist. And he had, he had done designs for, you know, Blade Runner was probably his biggest one. But he did Aliens. He did um, Tron, the original Tron. And I found out that he was in downtown L.A. And I called him up when I started college, uh, actually right before I started college. And I said, um, 
you know, I love your stuff. Is there a way that I could come down and meet you? And, you know, I was living in Ojai at the time, which is only, a, you know, a couple hours out of L.A. And he said, sure. So I, I came down on a, you know, a Friday morning or something. And, you know, it just blew my mind. And that started the ball rolling for me that I went down to his place and watched him paint for, for Blade Runner. And I did that every Friday for a year. I went down to his to his house just to watch him work, and even though I went to art center and I you know and I got educated as a as a designer, that single experience was probably more influential to me than than all my schooling. Interesting, tremendous, tremendous designer. It still is. Now, let's see. The, uh, somewhere I heard you, you, and I was listening to one of your videos. You also mentioned uh, Dean Jeffries, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Dean Jeffries didn't he build a couple? Vehicles that were used in that movie, the Blade Runner, yeah, because they uh, used those. It wasn't it? I think it was. Um, uh, it wasn't Dean Jeffries. It was Daryl Starbird. Uh, no, Daryl. Daryl wasn't involved with that either. That I know of. I could be wrong. Uh, Gene Winfield. Gene Winfield. That's who it was. Gene Winfield. Most, okay. Yeah, Gene did most of the most of the vehicles for Blade Runner. In fact, um, he had a fire in his shop, and several of the vehicles were destroyed. So they had to go back to the drawing board and, and rebuild a lot of the cars. He did the spinners and Deckard's car, you know, and a lot of that stuff. You know, and going to the movies and seeing those things, you know, because I just loved cars like crazy. You know, you know, all I ever wanted as a kid was was uh, diecast toys and art supplies so that I could draw those cars. And that's pretty much all my parents ever gave me. But you know, so so to see those vehicles as characters in movies uh, fascinated me. And those guys. You know, were really my heroes. You know, that I was I was running around George Barris's shop when I was eleven, um, because my dad was going to hire him to to do a TV show that my dad was doing at the time, and that didn't end up working out. But once I saw uh, George's shop, I was hooked, and I just wanted to go over there every chance I got. So to to hang out with these guys, and and um, I was very I'm very grateful. I was very fortunate to do a Monster Garage episode with Dean Winfield and Daryl Starbird. Uh, to to sit next to them because it was a design that I that I did and that they built and it was uh, just an experience you can't believe when you know when you when you get to work with your heroes these guys were just um, amazing individuals interesting tell us a little bit about your uh, five minute drive things because you uh, those are kind of interesting it's kind of like a takeoff well, did you do yours before Seinfeld or did you, did he do his after you or how that how that whole thing Come about because well, you... I, have, I have the I have the glory to say that I I'm the one who started first. Okay, you know I can't I can't say that that uh, that Jerry took you know our idea in any way. You know I think what he does is um, uh, is also great. It's slightly different. You know I mean how many talk shows are on TV and uh, and nobody really stole anything from anybody. You know people get the idea of doing those things. And he loves cars. I love cars. You know he just has um, a tremendous following from the TV show that he, he is or the TV stuff he's done for years. But um, Five Minute Drive was really the impetus, uh, you know, just a, a way to, you know, I find what, what people do to be fascinating. And there's so many people out there that are, that are creative powerhouses when it comes to vehicles, uh, whether they're drivers, uh, whether they're designers, or, or even people that are just passionate about cars in some, some capacity. And it's just, it's a really neat thing to be able to have a show that features them, 
you know, that where you get to drive something cool. And I've, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have a car delivered to my house every Wednesday or Thursday, new cars. And we take those vehicles and we interview people. Although that show is, uh, um, that five minute drive has now ended and we've started a whole new show, which is a much more diverse show. We can get into that. But, um, the five minute drives were a lot of fun because we just, we got to interview, you know, race car drivers at, uh, Parnelli Jones. And uh, and builders and you know a lot of people that are just really interesting. Uh, in fact, um, one of my favorite builders nowadays is uh, a guy named Kent Bella, and he has a company called Wicked Customs. He makes he builds some incredible cars out here in Southern California. So anybody if they're interested in you know in, in getting something truly unique done, he's uh, one of the the smaller shops that uh, are really tremendous. So we get to interview all kinds of neat people, and um, it's just really fun, you know and the new show is, is a little bit more diverse, but it's still car culture, and, and um, uh, it's just, you know, I feel very grateful to be able to do uh, to do what I love with cars, even if they're small, all the way up to uh, full size. Now, tell us about the video. Is that the one that goes by Vlog? It's actually, a, it's called a vlog. Vlog, okay. Uh, a, a vlog is basically a blog that is a video. Okay. So the, the show is called the Fireball Malibu Vlog, Okay. it's a an automotive lifestyle reality series. So essentially, it's uh, it follows us along on a daily basis. It's a daily show as opposed to, to Five Minute Drive was a weekly show. And we wanted to try this because, you know, we, we're I knew that the audience is always clamoring for unique content. They want to be able to watch something that uh, that they can count on. And, you know, it's it's tough sometimes when you have a favorite show on television and you got to wait a whole week to watch the next episode, which is why I, I like Netflix so much. I can... I can get all 24 episodes of the show 24 if I want, you know, watch them in a row. <laughs> but the, the neat thing about this show is that, you know, we, we thought, well, maybe maybe that'll be too much. You know, maybe uh, people won't want to see it that often. But it turns out it's just the opposite. The people really enjoy um, being able to watch uh, online content. They can, uh, they can watch it on their phone, on their computers. Uh, original content that's online is really the Wild West. There, there's no rules. Um, you, you just have to try a lot of different things to see what's successful. And I've been making online content for more than a decade now. And this show, by far, has been the most successful that we've ever done. And I, I think that what it does is a, a formula that you can see on an epic scale with a movie like James Bond. Every time, James Bond is the, the largest movie franchise in the world, 24 films. And the reason that it's so successful is because the expectation for that movie it's pretty much always the same thing. You have a, a lead character that you know well. Uh, you get the gorgeous babes. You get the amazing cars. You get the fantastic location. And it's a formula that that uh, the Fast and Furious movies are following. And you can see that they're already up to, I guess, eight now. Um, and they're successful that way. So we decided to shrink that idea down and create a, a show where people could relate to the to the lead characters, which is my wife and I. Uh, and we do some unique things. If you watch the show, she's a costume designer, but not in the traditional sense by any means. Um, and we live in a wonderful town that's very beautiful, and we get to drive very unique cars from brand-new cars to supercars, uh, you know, like McLarens and Maseratis and Ferraris, and then, uh, and then get to, uh, to drive, you know, get to feature people that build unique cars and then movie cars. So it's, it's daily. Uh, you never know what's going to show up. But it's a lot of fun, and, and the response from the viewers have been tremendous. We've just been very thankful that they that they're enjoying themselves. 
Do you plan this, or do you just kind of wing it every day? Uh, that's the that's the beauty of a vlog is that it's really something that you um, essentially you do wing it because you're shooting it chronologically as opposed to going out and planning uh, an episode. And many you know for TV shows, there's a tremendous amount of money and effort that goes into planning something. Um, and a lot of reality shows follow the formula, and then they have to edit, you know, and everything else. But they they aren't daily. Now, when you do a daily show, there's not a lot a lot of time for planning. So you shoot chronologically. Uh, so when you go into your editing bay, you dump everything in all at once. And it's really about creating the pace uh, and uh, building the the um, excitement and the and the energy and the interesting thing about it. So. Um, you know, on certain days, I've, uh, it's been a challenge because I think, wow, there's not a lot really going on today. And it challenges you to be creative, to find a way to, to create compelling content that people would want to watch. And a lot of times those come down to stories. And, uh, you know, I tell a lot of stories about uh, the movie cars that we've done and behind the scenes. Uh, we just did one recently about a build we did with Picture Car Warehouse for uh, actor Ben Affleck. Uh, we built a a, a, um, a Yukon Denali for him, a uh, personal vehicle. And most people don't even know that that was ever built. So, uh, you know, we we show some photos of the build and, and what it was like to do that. And so there's always the fallback plan that if you don't have enough that you've shot for the day, that you can tell an interesting story. And um, But so far, uh, it's been, you know, it's been working extremely well. And it's a blessing to be able to, to drive these unique cars and to, you know, and sometimes I'll, I'll do a sketch, you know, or I'll, I'll uh, design something and, um, and I'll get emails from people saying that was really fun to watch and, and see how you did that. And um, I think, I think people like the, um, the creative process a lot. And for those that don't necessarily feel that they have an opportunity to be creative, although they want to be, um, they can watch someone uh, do something in a creative way, and it, it hopefully can inspire them to, to add that creative process to their life, whether it's writing a script or drawing something or building something. Um, you know, creativity is a, an all-expansive concept, so, you know, we're creative beings, and you guys have created a radio show. Um, you know, we just love entertainment, and um, if we cover more lifestyle, you know, with uh, living in Malibu here and the cars and stuff, it seems to be pretty successful. Seems like a, it's a good formula. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of your other creative talents. Now, I was looking at some of your sketches. That's some pretty cool stuff that you've got out there. Very, very it's is it's pen and ink, isn't it? Pretty much, or pencil, colored pencil. I mean, it's kind of hard to tell, you know, because I'm looking at the at it online. But it's you know, it's it's some really interesting stuff there. Well, thanks. Um, the the com- it's a combination of things. You know, nowadays a lot of art and concept design for film is done digitally. And it makes a lot of sense because um, the ability to replicate things on an epic scale, I mean, if you look at movies like uh, Avengers and Iron Man, um, there's so much texture in the aliens and a lot of things. To do that traditionally uh, is a bit of a challenge and time-consuming. But for our purposes, to design vehicles uh, that you're going to build or to, to do concept you know, in, the, in the way that we do it, um, for clients that maybe want to build something or for a, a movie. When it comes to a vehicle, um, I'll basically start with a, with a blue line pencil. Uh, it's an erasable pencil so that I can sketch out in blue line if I want to erase it, I can. But it's non-photo blue, so, so if I Xerox it uh, or something like that, it, the, the blue doesn't show up. 
So then I'll come back in with an ink line and I'll fill that in and then I'll start to fill with color, whether it's markers or uh, pastels or things like that, mostly markers. And then I'll scan that whole image in and I'll enhance it digitally in a variety of ways and add graphics and, uh, um, you know, some different stuff. So I, I like that process, you know, and it's, there's a lot of people that um, are artists that may feel insecure because they don't know a particular process. And what's important to recognize as an artist is that uh, all processes work. You know, it really makes your, uh, your own perspective unique. So you have to do what you love, what you enjoy the most, and, and not feel the pressure that you have to do it some other way because someone else is doing it that way. Uh, so that's, that's the technique that I love, and um, it's been working for me for 30-plus years, and, and uh, I certainly enjoy it. It's, it's very meditative in a way. I was looking at uh, some of your artwork, and I, I got a kick out of the fact that you did a, a gremlin, a javelin, a pacer, and then you went to a kind yeah. of a stock look at 66 Chevelle, and then on one website you've got the, the super tanker, which originally you got an Imperial on there, then suddenly you got the 70, uh, you know, like Chrysler 300 and Newport on there. So, I mean, some unusual cars, you know, which kind of, you know, is, is, is reflective of your taste a little bit, too. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, when, when you think about who influenced me, the, the guys like George and Gene, uh, these guys were all um, uh, people that in early on were building cars that were characters. And uh, the neat thing about that is that when you, when you watch a movie, the, the car is as much a character as the person driving it. And in many cases, for the movie like Faster with um, Dwayne Johnson, he's driving a, you know, a... Um, Chevelle, and, and very much so that car is him. They're one and the same. Uh, it can be used as a weapon, or it can be used as a... It all depends on what the script calls for. So when I design cars, you know, I, I'm rarely do I want to do something that's normal or, or uh, um, you know, or, or like a concourse-level restoration or, or anything like that. You know, I like the wild thing, and, and I was influenced by uh, um, Ed Roth. I was just going to say Ed Roth. Oh, yeah. And I'm I, looking I, at some of your... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now, I'm looking at some um, of your your drawings here. Is it a Ran, Ranum Fireball? Or am I pronouncing that right? Ran, which one is it? Uh, Well, it's, it's some little funky, goofy little thing with a megaphone on the back of it. And then there's this other little surf witty wagon looking thing. It says speeding well, into the... F- uh, Go ahead. I'm not sure which, which one you're uh, referencing. But, you know, the um, it, it also alludes to... Uh, you know, I do a number of uh, children's books. And it's neat to turn inanimate objects into vehicles. You know, and to use animals and different things. You know, the kids like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I, that's the kind of stuff I grew up with. I loved uh, the Richard Scarry books, if you remember those. No. Um, no. Uh, they, were, uh, uh, they were books that, I think I have one here, um, Cars and Trucks and Things That Go was one of his books. So they were, just, they were books filled with, you know, animals driving oh, okay. little cars. You know, and I, I found that fascinating. And I just like to do the wild thing. And, you know, I, I did the car for the movie Son of the Mask, which uh, the movie, you know, was absolute, absolutely terrible. We always, we always joke that uh, the movie may suck, but the cars are always cool. So it's, it's fun to do uh, cars that, that really evoke some kind of emotion. And, you know, it's, it's like uh, the, the Torino from Starsky and Hutch. It's basically just a red Torino with a white stripe. But because you've seen it uh, on the TV show, and you've gotten to know it as a character. Every time you go to a show and you see that car, there's millions of photos that get taken of it. And it's 
you know, same thing with the General Lee or, or any very simple car that has a, you know, a, a simple paint shop. But, you know, I really enjoy creating things that are over the top and, um, uh, you know, and kind of looking at it from a different perspective. Uh, and those are the most fun for me. And, and I think those are the ones that evoke the most emotion. So it depends on the application, whether it's film or, or uh, whether it's a book property or, you know, what it is. But uh, they're, they're a lot of fun to do. Um, the Johnny Lightning series cars that you did, mm-hmm. tell us how that came to fruition. Um, I was approached by those guys. Um, they had known that I'd done a lot of, you know, uh, uh, vehicles for film and stuff. And they, they wanted to do something because, you know, diecast is a, is a very tough bit. And, uh, the, the big cheeses stick around, but a lot of the, the smaller companies, uh, they make great attempts, but they don't um, have the longevity to, to get into it. But Johnny Lightning, of course, has been around for a long time, and, and they came to me and they said, uh, instead of you know designing a vehicle that is from the ground up where we have to create the mold and, and, and the co- incur the cost, why don't we take uh, vehicles that we've done, and you can do you know elaborate paint schemes to them. And, and that was kind of what was born with the uh, the, the the first Corvette, and I think we did a um, uh, a Plymouth. Yeah, we did a '71 Plymouth and, and a, a Merc. You know, so it was it was pretty neat. It was a limited run to see how they would do. It was very successful. Um, they thought it was fantastic and very successful. And then out of nowhere, uh, Johnny Lightning got bought out by a Japanese company. Um, I forget the name of the. Uh, uh, I think it was Tomy. So they got bought out by that, and everything kind of shifted. So unfortunately, the the vehicles only ran for uh, basically three runs, and I think there was like, you know, three or four versions of each car at the time. But, you know, I love diecast. I've been been playing with diecast, and I still do since I was a kid. And, uh, um, you know, and that that helps to build that dream. So, you know, I don't don't think that anyone who's a true car lover... um, uh, if you are a true car lover, you got to have some diecast cars in your house somewhere, even if you're hiding them from your wife. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Now you we, better have some. Yeah. What do you got in the works? We got a few minutes left. Fireball. Um, well, we uh, right now we're focusing a lot on the show. Okay. Uh, we're doing a, a tremendous amount of work with that. Um, I'm very excited because next week uh, we have a uh, um, a Hellcat coming in. Oh really? Uh, there's a uh, yeah. There's a YouTuber named uh, Tommy Edison. Uh, the interesting thing about this guy is he's been blind since birth. Uh, he's never had the experience of driving in a supercar or driving with uh, something with massive acceleration. He's never touched an engine, but uh, he has a great show on YouTube called uh, the Blind Film Critic. Um, so he's flying out uh, to California uh, for VidCon coming this week. And we're gonna we're gonna grab Tommy. We're gonna drive in this Hellcat. Uh, we're gonna go over to Picture Car Warehouse, which is a movie car shop that I work with, and we're gonna take a look at a bunch of movie cars. And then we're gonna drive over to a uh, a place called the Auto Gallery, and we're gonna drive in a McLaren. Uh, so I'm gonna try to give him as much of a of an automotive experience across the board, and and thus um, his audience and my audience get a chance to enjoy some of that stuff. So there's just amazing things have come out of left field. Um, since we started this show, and uh, uh, the viewers are, seem to be having a great time. It's strictly a web series right now, and and, uh, uh, and if someone wants to see it, they can simply go to YouTube and type in Fireball Tim, and, and they can see the, the show there, or they can subscribe to the channel. Uh, 
and uh, and just have a good time. You know, try it out, and, and if it's something that's for you, then, uh, you know, we'd love to hear from your audience, and, and uh, they can, they're can. they also telling us things that we sh- they think we should cover and, and stuff that they'd like to see, so it's pretty cool. Excellent. Well, Tim, I want to thank you very much, or Fireball, I should say. I want to thank you very much yeah. for coming on the show this evening. I uh, definitely want to come on again. I know the Monterey's in a couple of weeks. I think you got something cooked up in the fall, so maybe when you get your next big event coming up in the fall, we'll have you back on. We can talk a little bit more. How about that? That, sound, that sounds great. Thank you so much, Robert. I appreciate your time. Okay, thank you. Hey, I want to thank my special guest, Fireball Tim. Don't forget to check out his website and his YouTubes or his, v- his vlogs. If I said that right. And uh, did I say that right? Yeah, okay. Something like that. Anyway, and uh, hey, don't forget, our show is every Tuesday night, 7 p.m., for the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports and automotive art. And uh, don't forget to check out our Facebook. Wait a minute. Like us on Facebook. Nostalgia Getting Cars, Gulfstream Motorsports. Check out our website, Gulfstream Motorsports. In the meantime, I want to see some of you guys at some of the car shows, local ones, preferably, you know, while we're getting through the summer here. And hey, you guys, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your families. Take care, guys. But there's a fella in there who'll pay you $10 if you sing into his can. Downtown Dave. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDCF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker. Ten Talk Traffic, a service of the Bonatti Spine Institute. Checking out the drive for you at this hour. It's currently still kind of busy with activity westbound on the Crosstown, about downtown, around mile marker 8. Southbound 275 and Fowler should be off to the side. They're still out there on the Vets, southbound about Gunline. Try to get to Adamo and Falkenberg. Skyway Bridge, we're heading that way, not badly done. Scouting to see around through the Franklin. It's still pretty crowded. 30 years of experience allows the Bonatti Spine Institute to target the true root of your back and spine issues. Bonatti succeeds, brothers fail, Bonatti.com for more information. Dave Anderson on the Tan Talk Network. Thanks, Dave. And now here's your Tan Talk Tampa Bay forecast. Tampa Bay radar showing a little bit of rain up around the I-4 corridor, but uh, Pinellas County and most of Pasco is looking clear right now. Tonight's low, 78 degrees. Tomorrow we're going to have a high of 88 degrees and a 40% chance of storms. Currently, clear water, mostly sunny, 90 degrees. In Dade City, partly cloudy, 86 degrees. And in Zephyr Hills, overcast at 85 degrees. Nostalgic Radio Cars coming up at 7, followed by the Gospel Explosion at 8 o'clock here on the stations of the Tan Talk Radio Network.